All right, let's look to our Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be together. We thank you for your word, Lord, that it's so powerful, that it's what we understood in order to be invited into your kingdom, to become children of yours by faith in Christ. And it's what enables us to live the life that you've called us to by the power of your Holy Spirit, bringing your word alive in, in, in our lives and helping us to fulfill your commands. God, thank you for being our God. And in this very practical letter, Lord, help it to come home to each of our lives because I know it's impacted my life studying for this message. And Lord, it's challenging me. I wish I could say, oh, yeah, I've got this, this, uh, <laughs> this all settled and, and done and, and accomplished, and, <laughs> but it's not true. Lord, we're all works in progress, and thank you for that, for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one thing that could be said about this letter of James is that it's a very practical letter. It's where the rubber meets the road. If you genuinely believe, then there are certain characteristics that should be true of you. Well, the passage for our consideration is James 1, 19 through 27. And as uh, page 854 in your pew Bibles, as Doug mentioned before, So the passage for our consideration this morning is chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. But before we consider this passage, let's back up just one verse, James chapter 1, verse 18. There we read, and I'm reading from the New American Standard, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. In other words, God would redeem us, adopt us into his family, and begin his work of transforming us so that he may impact the rest of the world through us. We now represent him and are to reflect him. And then this brings us to our passage, a very practical passage, James 1.19. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Three characteristics that should be evident in the life of everyone who follows Christ. First of all, be quick to hear. This requires a lot of patience, doesn't it? A selfless attitude. A genuine concern for others. The Greek word translated here is also translated in other places, understand. Be quick to hear. Be quick to understand. Well, how many of us can say that we really take the time and give the effort of patiently listening, of genuinely showing care, of seeking to fully understand what is being said to us? When someone shares something with us, it could be the opening of their heart, the taking you into their confidence, the bearing of their soul. So this is pretty important. Well, are we quick to hear? Or, as the flip side declares, be quick to hear, slow to speak. We tend to think a lot more about our responses than we do about the words being shared with us. We all love to talk, to share our point of view, to offer our position, yet God encourages us to be slow to speak. Now, this is particularly true of men, but I suppose we could all fall into this. We want to fix the problem. 
Here's your dilemma. Here's the solution. Bam, bang, boom. <laughs> there, it's done. You know, it's corrected. It's solved. Next problem. <laughs> well, that's not how it should be. Be quick to hear. Gather all the facts. Ask all the right questions. Try to discern not only what their mouth is, is speaking, but what is their heart saying? Proverbs 18.13 says, He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. This leads us to our third point. Be quick to hear, be slow to speak, and be slow to anger. There are times, I'm sorry to say, that I discipline my children without first finding out all the facts. Our emotions can get in the way, and we draw conclusions without knowing the whole story. You know, I read this story once about Chuck Swindoll, a famous preacher, and he uh, was declaring the word of God week after week after week, and there was somebody who sat right in the front row who made these terrible looks with his face. And, you know, it's hard enough to be up there preaching, and you know everybody's not going to be always agreeing with you, but then to have this guy sitting right in the front making those faces at him. You know, and, and he was just troubled week after week. Why does this guy have to, you know, even come to church if he's going to act like that? And so one Sunday, Chuck was in the back greeting people or, or saying goodbye to people. And here comes this man. He's like, oh, brother, wonder what he's going to have to say. And so he comes up and he goes, Pastor! And he shakes his hands with both of his hands and Oh, Pastor, you don't know how much I appreciate you. I, I, I come to church every week, even though it's very hard for me, because I have this, this terrible condition with my ears that when I hear sounds, it's like penetrating into my eardrums, and it, it actually physically hurts me. But I wouldn't miss your message for anything. So I sit in the front so as to not miss a single word. And even though it hurts, I'm here, Pastor, and I love you. I appreciate you. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We don't always know the full story, do we? There is a place for anger, but it's only after all the facts are in. It's a measured response and not simply a reaction. But isn't that the problem? That the flesh in us can be so strong and something happens and boom, we react. And I, I feel embarrassed giving this message today. It wasn't that long ago, maybe... Four weeks ago, I, I looked and there were no cars coming to the, from the left and I wanted to pull out to the right and then make a left turn at the light. And so I'm looking, there's no cars. So I pull out. Within a couple seconds, this car comes flying down the road, gets within two inches of my back bumper and lays on the horn. Burn! Well, I knew this kid had to be flying because there was nobody there when I looked. I put my car in park. <laughs> I got out. I walked over. The kid looks at me. He puts it in reverse. He starts backing up. I'm walking down the street. <laughs> Can you believe it? His mother was in the car with him, too. She's like slapping his arm. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I just shook my head and got back into my car. And God said, 
Nice one, Joe. <laughs> I was once in a hospital with my wife, and uh, she was really sick, had pneumonia. And the doctor said, meet me there, and then call, have them call me as soon as you get to the emergency room. So we got there. The nurse comes over, says, what's your problem? Well, you know, my wife's very sick. and Okay, uh, you know, and after, the nurse had such an attitude. And she's like yelling at us, and she says to me, let her talk for herself. That was it. She couldn't talk. She couldn't even breathe. At that point, I just said, I am done talking with you. Get me somebody here now that can help me. You are not right for this job. And then all of a sudden, the head nurse comes out from behind a back room. Comes out and goes, oh, Pastor Joe. <laughs> Don't you hate that? <laughs> you think you get away with something? People happen to know you? <laughs> well, she shared with me later that uh, that woman was going through a terrible divorce and she's been like this with everyone and they don't know what to do. They're besides themselves. But I said I better pray for her. <laughs> There's a place for anger, but it shouldn't be our first reaction. And one of the main reasons that's given is this. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. How many times have we justified our anger by saying, well, someone has to teach this jerk a lesson? Or they may end up hurting someone, so I am forced to act as God's emissary. <laughs> well, next time, take a deep breath and ask God how he would respond in this situation. Remember, we represent him. So be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Verse 21, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Let God be your model, your teacher. Line up your life to his character as, as revealed in his word. It says here in humility receive his word. In other words, be teachable. Don't think that you have all the answers all the time. You know, we spent our whole lives up to this point of being indoctrinated by the world. Well, we're reading here, it's time to start thinking differently. God's ways are much higher than our ways. Now, the essence of this epistle, verse 22. Look at this verse. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Let's say it again. Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. We can have our devotions each morning we can listen to Christian radio. We could sit in church Sunday after Sunday. We may even attend Bible study or Christian workshops or conferences. Hearing, 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 hearing. But what good is it if we're not practicing the things that we hear? We don't like that word prove, do we? Prove yourselves doers. That kind of rubs me the wrong way. Why do I have to prove anything? But how else will others know that you really believe what you say you do? You've heard the saying, practice what you preach. 
or actions speak louder than words. Well, it's true. Being in the word is essential, but only to the extent that we put into practice what we say we know and believe. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, verses 23 through 25, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he what he does. And what he does. Imagine looking at your face in the mirror and seeing a smudge on your cheek. I thought about that this morning. I thought of getting some black and putting it on and just seeing what your reaction would be. A spot you miss while shaving, or maybe even as gross as this sounds, a boogie hanging from your nose. Well, you leave the mirror and then you forget all about it. Well, friend, let me tell you this. We all notice. You may not think it matters, but we're the ones that have to look at you. We see the things that need attention in your life that you are ignoring. We need to give attention to what we're showing others. Verse 25, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. The law of liberty could be the freedom I now have to follow Christ, we're no longer slaves to sin. With his help and by his spirit, I can not only see the things that need to change in me, but I can actually start being it and doing it. Also, when I read a reference to the perfect law, I think of Galatians 5.14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Or as Jesus says, Luke 26, he asks the question, what is written in the law? And the man answers, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and your neighbor is yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. The supreme law is love for God first and foremost and for my neighbor as myself. Well, we all want to be blessed. We all want to be successful. To know that we're living a life that is pleasing to God and that nothing stands in the way of him being able to bless us. Well, what does it say here? This man will be blessed in what he does. Again, to make all this immensely practical, this section ends with verses 26 and 27. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father resist to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. If we don't know how to be quick to hear, how to be slow to speak, how to be slow to anger, then all our claims to be imitators of God are false. Genuine religion, that which pleases God, is the practical type. It's not just being able to quote verses or using religious terms or dressing the part. Genuine religion is to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. 
How do you show that you care? What tangible shapes and forms does your love take? How do you act? How do you sound? How do you think? What goes through your mind? What is your religion if you were to try to define it? Is it loving God first and foremost and others as yourself? The fruit of the Spirit we read in Galatians is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In the Beatitudes, the attitudes the Christian is to have, what does it say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, those that mourn, the gentle, the meek, the, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for Christ's sake. It says we're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. See, this is our religion. <laughs> this is what we believe. This is what I'm to be doing externally and who I am to be internally because I'm a follower of Christ. How are you and I practically showing Christ to the world? Someone once said, your actions are speaking so loudly that I can't hear what your mouth is saying. <laughs> well, what are our lives saying about Jesus? I think uh, Steve said this once in one of his messages. If someone accused you of being a Christ follower, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> think about it, or better yet, do something about it. <laughs> be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. I have two practical assignments in closing. Going to commit to do this? Doers? Doers? <laughs> Ready doers here? Okay. During coffee, learn one thing about someone here that you didn't know before. Okay? As we're interacting with each other, I want you to discover one thing about one person here that you didn't know before. One other thing. I want you to take with you one prayer request that someone has given you and you commit to praying for them this week and you share one with them and they commit to pray for you. Can we do that? Okay. Let's be doers of the word. God bless you.